Should we start something at the beginning where it's kind of like the the SpongeBob intro? Where I can go, are you ready, kids? And then you go, I can hear you. Hi, hi, Captain. Hi, hi, Captain. (laughs) (laughs) Or or how about you whistle an intro? (laughs) (laughs) That was the SpongeBob one. Did you like it? (laughs) Okay, I think we're going to have to pay now to have like a professional intro because that wasn't quite it. (laughs) That's really rude. Okay, fine. We'll just, we'll just do what we normally do. Welcome back to The Mind, The Mirror, and Me. I am your host, Mackie Overbay, and I am joined, like always, by Mr. Tony Overbay, who's a Hello, licensed Mackie. therapist and all the other things. Hello. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> you don't sound very excited when you say that. I'm so excited. I know. Little do people know that we had your mother on the recording platform momentarily, but then she chose not yes, to she did but she was there just moments ago yeah it was pretty exciting maybe that one day excited. we'll release the footage just kidding yeah. she'd kill us but <laughs> kind of a <laughs> she little, was yes. here it was, a, was it was a step in the right direction yes <laughs> <laughs> we're so professional i know do you want to just dive right in <laughs> so, i mean i was thinking or do you want to talk about news of the day uh how about that inflation, yeah. huh, Mac? You know, I didn't really know what inflation was until I was an embarrassingly old age. Really? Yeah, but we don't have to talk about that. It doesn't give me that, much credibility here. Okay, well, did I did I mention this on here that okay. I was an embarrassingly amount of years when I understood what euthanasia was? Did I tell you that? No. I, I think I may what have been in What did you think col- it was? Youth in Asia. Are you joking? No, I wish I was. And I think that it was like people would bring up these topics that you needed to choose to, you know, the death penalty or, you like know, heavy, you, big topics. Yeah. yeah. And there was always youth in Asia. And I'm like, I'm not even sure what's going on with the youth in Asia. Now, this like, is don't, a long I don't even time ago. Know. I know this is literally pre-internet. So I want, I have that as a little bit of an excuse. Okay. There are three channels on the television and there was talk about youth in Asia. And I wasn't even sure why. So I always went with some other topic than that. Wow. Yeah. I really didn't know that because I mean, I didn't, I feel like I honestly was probably in high school when I really, like I'd heard it floating around, but it wasn't until like maybe my sophomore year that I like really knew what it was. Mm. But wow. Yeah. You're like a, a big guy with a big job. I was going to say like, 10 stuff. million downloads of podcasts, 500 episodes, best-selling yeah. book. I mean, and, and so that's why I'm willing to acknowledge that. And if somebody says, oh, I can't believe that, then Okay. Okay. Yeah, wow. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that is that very vulnerable Vul- of you. Vulnerability. Thank you. That was big. So I guess <laughs> that's all we have for the news of today. That's right. There we go. Coming up next week, I did not know. I can't think of anything funny. You couldn't say the Chef Boyardee for a while. I know. Chef that's Boyardee. something embarrassing. It is. I guess, I'm trying I to think we'll of something that. embarrassing from your youth, although you started today's show by proving that you can't whistle. Yeah, that's pretty embarrassing. No, the only really embarrassing thing that's happened to me is when I ran into that glass door this year. Hey, in your suite where you do hair. Yeah, where I work, where I do hair. Pretty early on. She has a video of her running into, and you could put that up as a bonus at some point. I don't know about that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But 
Anyways. Hey, hey, I've got one more bit of news. Oh, okay. Okay, so I texted Mackie this week and showed her there's a website called Chartable. And so my other podcasts are on there, Virtual Couch and Wake Up to Narcissism. And this is the thing where there are, I think, last count, a couple of million podcasts. I think in the mental health space, there's 60-something thousand podcasts. And so then Chartable shows where you chart in all around the world. And so I wasn't counting on the mind, the mirror, me, no offense to us, but charting anywhere anytime soon. And so the Wake Up to Narcissism Virtual Couch, they're typically in the top 200 in the mental health category in the U.S., so I'm very happy about that. But then I get, lo and behold, I get my weekly summary, and there is the mind, the mirror, and me charting, Mackie, in the country of Finland, in the mental health category, number 12. Okay, so, Shout and then, <laughs> right, so thank you to the Finnish listeners who just love the mind, the mirror, and me. And then I told Mackie that then I was showing her mom on Chartable how easy it is to go look at all around the world and the different countries. So then I pulled up a virtual couch. And in the mental health category in Finland is number six and waking up to narcissism is number seven. So we're, we're running Finland at this point. We really are. <laughs> right. It's kind of, kind of spooky. Right. But yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. But you know. So hello, Finland. All right. That's all the news Finland. today. Okay. Right, that's what do we good got today, Mac? So today, well, not today, earlier this week. Okay. Let me back up. We're big Peloton guys. And if you don't do anything with Peloton, they have a bunch of really cool instructors and they kind of walk you through different workouts, right? Mm -hmm. And they are very motivational and they say lots of cool things, but sometimes, you know, you're like running and you're just dying and you're not really listening to what they're saying. You're just kind of like, okay, like tell me when I can walk again. Tell me when I can stop. (laughs) But I was doing a Peloton walk and run and as I was running... The instructor who I really like, her name is Selena Samuela. She said a little phrase that just, for whatever reason, I guess I wasn't dying too much in that moment. So I like resonated with me a little bit, but she said the phrase, old ways are never going to open new doors. Mm. Old ways are never going to open new doors. And it kind of took me back a little bit and I was like, okay, she's onto something there. Right. And so then I've just been kind of going down a rabbit hole with that, thinking about that for the last couple of days. I like um, it a lot. And I, and I have a yeah. lot of thoughts, but I want to do the thing again, where you drive Mackie. And when you okay. are, when you have, when you want me to chime in, give me the high sign. <laughs> you have a little signal. I'll That's give right. you every time I need you to talk. Um, okay. So the first thing I found, I just threw the quote into Google and was just kind of like, okay, let me see if I can find anything else on it. And there's this quote that has been attributed to Albert Einstein, hmm. but it's actually not him who said it, or there's a lot of debate about it, which does this doesn't matter, but a lot of debate on the internet about who actually said it. And it supposedly actually is from a mystery novelist named Rita Mae oh. Brown, but says insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, okay, that's deep right there. Because I think, at least I know I've done this so many times where I, or there are multiple things in my life, even right now, where there's an outcome I want or some different thing I want to happen, but I just am kind of sitting here going, no, I guess it'll happen eventually. And then just doing the same things I always do. Yeah. Yeah. But expecting that for whatever reason, one of these days they're going to work, even though they haven't worked. Mm -hmm. 
And I would like to think I'm not the only person that does things like I that. I mean, as a therapist, I've never heard of that before, but go ahead. Tell okay. me more. All right. No, I believe <laughs> I, I'm not an all or nothing guy, but I believe most everyone can, or if not everyone can admit that this is something that they do. Yeah. And I feel like there's so many different ways it can be done. Cause I was kind of trying to think of like, what are some things in my life that I've done this with or am doing right now. And I feel like Mm -hmm. one thing has been my kind of fitness journey of sorts Okay, where I, where just super vulnerable and not, you know, working on, working on the body, trying to maybe lose a little bit of weight Mm -hmm. (laughs) and have been for a while. And I typically do the same thing, right? I'm eating the same things. I'm working out the same amounts and nothing has changed. But for whatever reason in my head, I just keep telling myself, well, you just keep doing what you're doing. And, you know, one of these days you'll be right where you want to be. And it's like, that's obviously what I'm doing hasn't been working, which then recently I've, you know, made some changes and now we're seeing some progress. But so I guess that's a testament there to this all, right? You can't just do the same thing over and over and expect anything to change. And I also, this is one that I'm not, I'm not ready to actually work on or change, but I'm single, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've not met anybody, but I don't go out very much and I don't put myself in very many positions to meet people. And then I sit there going, why am I not, why don't I have a boyfriend? Why don't I, and again, I'm not, I'm not ready to actually do anything about it. I'm not actually going to start going out and doing things, but I sit there every day and I'm like, well, come on one of these days now. Right. And it's like, I'm not doing anything to change that. It's not going to meet anyone just sitting in my apartment basically. But anyway, so those were two of them that I just immediately thought. And then also I think I've noticed this throughout different points of my mental health journey of just sitting there and expecting my depression to just not be a thing and Mm. my anxiety to just not be a thing one day. That's not really how it works. It doesn't necessarily just disappear. At least I don't think it does. It hasn't yet for me. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, okay, well, I've, you know, I've done these certain things for however long and they haven't made any crazy differences. So maybe I need to change it up a little bit. Maybe I need to try something different. Maybe something to think about. But when thinking about this stuff, I was trying to think of kind of the root of it and the root of like, why do we not want to change things, right? Why do we not want to make active choices to change things? I feel like as people, we just, we resist change often. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the, the first thing I kind of was just thinking about was that people really like to stay where they are comfortable, right? Mm -hmm. Like the comfort zone is a thing and it's easier. We hate hate discomfort. Yeah. We hate discomfort. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like even if we're not getting the outcome we want on something, if we're comfortable, that almost feels safer or better than trying to make changes, I guess. Mm. And so I went into to our friend chat GPT and threw in just a, why do people resist change? And it said that people resist change because it often brings uncertainty, disrupts routines, triggers a fear of the unknown. Change can make individuals feel like they're losing control, especially when it involves risk Emotional attachments to the current situation and past negative experiences with change can intensify resistance. So simply put, change can be uncomfortable and humans tend to prefer the familiar and predictable, even if it's not ideal, right? Mm -hmm. So pretty much, I mean, just what you said, people don't like to be uncomfortable. 
This is my huge thing that I love talking about the brain as a don't get killed device. Yeah. And so when you go deep into this, your brain has this silly idea because your brain's kind of not so smart. We think it is, but right. it thinks that uh, it thinks it has a finite amount of electrical activity. So then it, that's why we create habits. That's why, you know, the brain's trying to habitualize everything from thought to action. And it's so funny because I feel like I've told you this so many times. I'm like, Mackie's, yeah. Mackie's growing bored of this already, you know, but so I'm, I'm <laughs> no, just acting big. like, you know, it's no big. It is. So then, so then we want to create everything to become a habit. So we'll use less electrical activity so that we'll live forever, which is a false premise. Okay. So then you just, the brain will continually, again, it's trying to get you to do the same thing over and over. So we can put that into this little part of the brain called the basal ganglia, which is like a little walnut sized part uh, of the brain. It's the habit center, and then you use less electrical activity in the basal ganglia. So the more things we can habitualize, the longer that our brain thinks that we will live. And again, it's this false premise. So when we even think, I want to do something different, that's where all the yeah buts come. Like I might get a little dopamine bump of, okay, I think I'm going to go, I'm going to start putting myself out there. I'm going to go join a, I don't know, a knitting club because a lot of guys like to knit. That's where the men are. (laughs) Right? Exactly. So then, but then your brain's like, well, yeah, but, you know, I might fall and trip and you know, impale myself on a needle, or I'm not even sure where uh, all the cool knitting people hang out, but you go into this. Yeah. But so then the brain will eventually go, well, yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? I'll, I'll maybe do that later. And then if your brain can get you to the, yeah, but you all the way to the, I'll do it later story, then it's like, whew, we dodged a bullet there. And if you do that enough, then what's the habit? The habit is I'll figure it all out later. I'll just keep doing the same thing now. And it's so fascinating because your brain really doesn't care if you go have a great time or not, or it just says whatever we have to do to live forever. That's, that's the goal. When you say it and you lay it out like that, it's like, okay, I see you brain. Like I see yeah, I appreciate where you're coming you. from. Yeah. I get what you're trying to do, but then it mm-hmm. is so silly and it's almost frustrating because like, it's frustrating that you can lay it out like that and know exactly what your brain is doing, but then not be able to just immediately change it or fix it. Right. Now, obviously I, I think there's I do, things to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I do believe though that this is why I love talking about this kind of stuff because this is the concept of it takes a lot longer to change the way your brain works than we think. So we try mm-hmm. things for a few weeks and then all of a sudden, if it isn't it, like second nature, then we beat ourselves up and we think, well, that probably didn't work. And so I don't know what is going to work. And then we go back saying, what should I do? And then let's just say, hypothetically, your dad's a therapist. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, you should do more things. I mean, just throwing something out there. And if you're like, yeah. oh, I've tried those things. And I'm like, yeah, but you didn't try them enough. You know, just again, all theory there. Totally not a real thing. Never no. a conversation we've had. No, no, exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> but really it's so, it's so interesting. And you're right with the with the thought of it takes so long to change things in your brain Mm -hmm. because certain things, I mean, depending on what it is, if it's something you've been doing or thinking your whole life or even for part of it, like I think there, you know, certain habits in my life are things that I've been doing since I was like, I even think being kind of introverted or holding myself back or not super putting myself out there. That's been a pretty heavy thing since I was like 17 now. Right. And so you do the math and I'm a little bit older than that now. But I don't even know how old, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, six years. <laughs> I did off. just use my fingers to count that. Yeah, you did. I okay. really, they're right here. I did that. <laughs> so it's like, that's six years of my brain doing that. We'll just do that later. Or we'll just, we'll do that. You know, this is more comfortable. We're not yeah. going to do that. So then how, wh- who am I to expect that something is going to change in a week if it's been Absolutely. going on for six years? Right. And I think that goes into so many other things. 
with this topic, but with just mental health things in general and yeah, so many things where you do. And I, you say, so nice, like you have to kind of, I don't know, rewire your brain yeah. or, you know, you're creating new, new, yeah, new, yeah. new, deeply rutted pathways and it has to be intentional. And then your default is going to go back to the way that you've done it. But then once you notice that you're doing it the way you've always done it, then you just notice it. You know, nothing is wrong with you. Yeah. I know we've talked about that, right? Nothing's wrong with you. Yeah. You're not, you're, you're just being and doing. Don't you're not tell broken. Yourself, you're just, yeah, yeah all that stuff. Yeah. And so then over all time, that. what it feels like to be you is that you do new things. Yeah. But and then I think the time. big thing is it's over time. Yeah, it does over take time. time. And so I think that that's a huge factor when thinking about this. Cause in one sense, I'm like this whole, you know, old ways are never going to open new doors. And it's like, so just start doing new things and start changing things and stop doing all, you know, and it's like, it's not just yeah. an instant. No, I'm just not going to do the things I was doing anymore. I think it is, it is a big time thing, which can suck, <laughs> but I, I'd like to think that the outcome would be worth putting in the effort to make the changes to open the new doors, right? Yeah. 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 And, and I'm is, sure you've and seen, yeah, you've seen it with well, clients, I'm sure, where people actually do put in the work or get to a point yeah. where things change. Well, it's funny when I used to do, when I first started uh, as a therapist, I worked at this place where we did what's called brief solution focused therapy, which sounds cool, but it's, you've got six to eight sessions, you've got a goal in mind. So that sounds good. And then you're working toward the end, but then in whatever that is, two months, you're not going to make the change. And so I started noticing that then people would come back later and then they feel like they're worse. And I came here before and it didn't work. And they even want to kind of say, so you're maybe not the best therapist or, wow, you know, yeah. and, and then you're, you're offended as the therapist and all those kind of things. When in reality, I, I do kind of feel like somebody needs to be, you know, doing the work for a long period you gotta of time. You got to keep doing it. And even if it yeah. starts to feel like you maybe figured it out or fixed it, you kind of have to keep doing it anyways. I think Absolutely. you know you have to continue it or it's not going to then be a thing in your life. It's not going to stay that way. And I think it's easy to then fall back to the old things. Yeah. And, and one of the things I think is so fascinating as a therapist and mom and I were on a run over the weekend and we were talking about this mm-hmm. and, and I just, I love this talking about this, but so it, people don't know what they don't know. And I think that's such a profound, but simple statement. So yeah. when I have somebody saying to me, like, I, again, I'm anxious or I'm sad, or I don't think our marriage is as good as it needs to be or whatever I hear. And they're saying, I don't know what to do. Then I'm saying, okay, well first go to somebody that does like, even if that's, if it's uncomfortable, that's the, yeah, but well, yeah, but I don't want to have to do that. I don't want to have to air out my dirty laundry. I don't want to have to tell my story. I don't want to have to spend the money. So there's all the, yeah, buts. So then, you know, I'll just, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. Or maybe I'll read a a little bit of a book or I'll find some cool accounts on Instagram and then that's not going to get it done. And I think the hard part is as a marriage therapist, I already know that it, it takes people having to go through some things to even feel like something is wrong and we need the tools. And then you have to actually go find them and make the appointment. And then you have to go and find somebody that that has the right tools and then it's going to be uncomfortable. But I think it's so worth it to once we recognize I don't know what I don't know, And I thought about this. I had two different attorney clients over the last couple of days. And I was thinking about when somebody gets arrested, they immediately, I will do whatever the attorney says. I'm paying them for their knowledge. But then, you know, the irony here was I was joking with one of the attorney clients, you know, they were, yeah, butting me. And I just said, Hey, uh, like, I, I, how come you, you are not kind of giving me that same courtesy because you're paying paying me. Yeah. Right. You're paying me to tell for my knowledge. And it's like me then getting arrested and calling up an attorney and saying, hey, here's what I want you to do. 
you know? Right. Um, I went to a <laughs> and it's going, and I actually don't judge. want to do that. And that's yeah. not going to work. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to do what I've been doing. Cause clearly that's what works, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. It hasn't, but that's such a funny way to put it. Cause yeah. Why? I mean, I think it is cause it's, it's uncomfortable. Right. But yeah. Why do we not then? Yeah. Do the things that we know potentially could work. Yeah. When they're literally like handed. Cause I mean, as a therapist, you're basically in a, in a sense, you're handing people these tools and you're handing people this, at least the start to, you know, this yeah. next step or what, what is going to be beneficial. But as people, I mean, I've done this, right? Like I've yeah, butted my therapist a million <laughs> yeah. times. Right. And so I think we all do that, which again, it's funny because you can lay it out and go, okay, I know, I know those are the things I should be doing. I know those things have the potential to work, but then it's like, there's a disconnect there, right? Like yeah. there's just a, it's okay, but I'm not actually going to do them. Well, two quick thoughts. I like that you bring that up too. First of all, I do want to say, I'm not saying that every therapist knows exactly what to do, but at some point the doing then pre- presents the opportunity for growth. So I'm doing it and yeah. you know what, this doesn't really resonate. So tell me, you know, I want to understand why, or, okay, I did do that. And I didn't, I had no idea that that would lead to this particular um, outcome. Yeah. Yeah. And then but I it's like starting the, the process, I think. Right. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's okay. I do. I think it's, even if, yeah, even if the doing is not the right formula or whatever that you need in that moment, it is better yeah. than doing just the same things you've been doing that you know for a fact don't work, right? Yeah, Because absolutely. maybe there's a chance these new things will work. And there's a metaphor of sorts here. But the this phrase, old ways are never going to open new doors. I also, as I was doing some Googling, saw it put as old keys are never going to open new doors, which mm. slight shift, but I think it's... I think it makes it a little bit deeper. And then with what you were just saying, I feel like brings up another point almost where I think it's important to note that there are things that maybe have worked for you in the past. Mm -hmm. Like maybe they were working for years and then you've noticed that they aren't working, right? Like something has changed. And I think that that happens as, as we grow as people and as we change and as life changes and people around us change where things that worked at one point are not always going to work forever. Right. And I just think Mm -hmm. it's this old keys are never going to open new doors. It's like maybe something that was working for you isn't working now, but that's okay. It just means you need to get a new key. Right. (laughs) But then I think that with what you're saying, where the doing is so important. Okay. You also need to, you maybe need to try a few different keys till you find it. Right. You got this key ring, right. (laughs) And it's like, Mm -hmm. this one's been working for however long. And then for whatever reason, it's not anymore. And maybe you have to go through 10 different keys before you find the one that does work. Right. Yeah. If that makes any sense at all. No, it does. I was wondering why, why do you have like a, my little pony on your key ring? I'm just kind of curious. It seems like. Okay. Really? No. Okay. No, you're, you're so, you're, you're so spot on. So I talk about mindfulness and meditation and I mean, I love one of our first episodes where you said that that really wasn't what you would want to hear when you were in the midst of having a, a bit of a moment. I love that. I still love that to this day. <laughs> but I always use this app called Headspace. And then for some reason, I have no idea why, but about, it, it's been almost 90 days ago, I started using the Peloton meditation part of the app. And I don't know what happened. I don't know if they have some hypnotist vibe that within the Peloton meditation app, <laughs> but I just, I really liked it. I always thought you had to meditate with a British guy named Andy who would have you ta- breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth. I would kind of fall asleep, but I felt like yeah. that's what you do. 
But right? it was like good at the time or it was doing it was it was so good right? and it was yeah. better than not. But I didn't know what I didn't right. know. And here comes a new mm-hmm. key. And now I'm honestly 90 days later, I think I've meditated 85 out of the 90 and I've even meditated 20 and 30 minutes at a time and I have never wow. fallen asleep. And and that's like I look forward to it. Wow. And, and it's caused me to then I pay more attention to my heart rate. And so mm-hmm. trying to lower my heart rate, which now I have a different app on my watch and I'm sleeping and doing heart rate monitoring. And I've been telling you, I'm trying to do more running in a certain heart rate zone. And so my overall yeah. heart rate continues to lower. And so um, I have now hit a different, it's a different version of meditation that I didn't know existed because I never right. tried a new key. Because what you were doing to, was kind of working. Yeah. And it, it, it was, kind of it did. Was okay. And it yeah. was, again, better than doing nothing. Yeah. But yeah, then you put it that way. And it's like, but there was this other thing that was just I didn't a even slight know. shift away, right? Like not even that crazy yeah. out of reach that has like changed your life in yeah. so many different ways. The way that the whole anxiousness and fight or flight response, and that's all about a uh, heightened cortisol level. So I really feel like I just unlocked some secret to the universe. You know, when the hippies are like, oh man, it's like just being and doing and meditating. And I feel like, oh, I think they may be right. And so the more that you really actively work on, yeah, lowering that yeah. that heart rate and the cortisol baseline cortisol level is lower, you're yeah. kind of being a little more chill. It's it's a trip. It kind of works. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. That's crazy though. And I, yeah, I like the old keys are never going to open new doors almost mm. a little bit better than the original phrase. <laughs> yeah. But again, just, yeah, where it's like there, there is going to be an in-between part of the process. And I think that's just Mm -hmm. important to note as you're trying to change something in your life, whatever it is, because it's not something you can just like snap your fingers and magically have everything better and figured out. It is a process and there is potentially a trial and error part of it. And it's Mm -hmm. not going to necessarily be successful the first time you try something new. It can be right. But if it doesn't happen immediately, I, I just, my whole point is like, I don't think you then just give up. Right. No. Then you, so if you try the Peloton one and maybe that's not your favorite, then it's like, there's a million other apps or forms of meditation. So I want to know when you went to cosmetology school, cause this still mm-hmm. blows my mind. And I don't know if we've talked enough about this, but I, what was that like the first time you are put over someone's head and you are changing the way they look? And I mean, were there things that you found that you liked or didn't like, or, I mean that, I feel like that whole thing must've been a trip. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that that is like the whole process of it. Cause you do for anyone that hasn't gone to cosmetology school, <laughs> you're thrown into a classroom for the first six to eight weeks of just, you're learning kind of the, the basics and like the science and, but just a very brief overview of it. It's very huh. quick. It goes by very fast and you feel very unprepared <laughs> going out wow. and doing the hair for the first time. But then you're just thrown out onto the floor and you are taking clients and you're trying to then learn, you know, as you're doing it. But yeah, I do think there totally was an element of like, there were certain things I did that just clicked doing colors. Like I, I loved it and I loved all of it there at the start. There wasn't something that I was like, I don't want to do that. That's so scary. I was like, give me all the colors. I wanted to do that. But then there were other parts of it where even like haircutting, for instance, it was more intricate than I thought it was going to be. And it took more of a, okay, I don't like, I do not, do not send me pixie cuts. Do not make me do anything like that. Yeah. Don't want to do it. Um, 
perms. Don't make me do a perm ever again. There were these things and, and there was a nail section where we learned things about nails and we did facials and just all these different things where, yeah, there were a lot of things that I I was like, this is not it. This is not why I'm doing this. But then, yeah, there were other things that just clicked and worked and made sense. Were were there things where you, like you didn't, like that concept of you didn't know what you didn't know and things where you were doing it and then later you realized, oh, I didn't even understand what I was doing? Or is that like too, too vulnerable? (laughs) No, I mean, I think to some extent, there, that was so much of it because there were so many things I thought I knew or thought I was good at or thought I would be good at. And it is that kind of, yeah, just didn't know what I didn't know, or I was doing the best with what I knew how to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Like with the knowledge I had been given or the things I'd learned and I was doing what I could there. There was definitely a time or there still has been like, as I've continued my career where there are things where I'm like, Oh, this way works so much better. Right. And if we're just talking about foiling someone's head, right? Like doing some form of Uh bonding. I, I'm not even kidding you. My, in hair school, my appointments, if somebody came in for blonding, they were going to be in my chair for like seven or eight hours. Wow. And now I do the same thing and it's like three or four hours. Right. And so I just feel like there is where, again, I was doing exactly what I knew how to do and it technically worked in hair school. Right. I, I, I got to the the goal. I gave people the hair they wanted, but it took so much longer and there were so many added steps and there was so much just like, there was this like lack of confidence there. And then you fast forward to now where I'm like in my career and I can do the same thing, but so much faster, so much more efficient. And then I'm getting better results. Right. And so in a sense, it's almost a new key type of thing, right? Where It was working. The things were working and they were okay, but they weren't the best they could be. And now no, I that's know more and I practiced. And what's that like? So I think also, cause you're doing the hollow needle piercing, which is still mm-hmm. so wild to watch you do. And I don't mean to have like taken it into this. I now I'm interviewing Mackie, but the, <laughs> I didn't know what I didn't know or, or that, uh, you know, it would be easy to just say, okay, I want to do that, but that's scary. Or what if I don't do it well? Or did you have like, why was that easier to do on something like that? You know, when it might not be on something else. Yeah, that, I mean, that, I feel like there's, again, there's an element of that where if you remember in high school, I would pierce my own ears with sewing needles. Oh yeah. You remember <laughs> well, that? <laughs> I, don't th- I don't think, I don't think I really knew that that was going on the whole time. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I, but yeah. Until I, after the fact. Yeah, yeah. I was piercing my own ears and then all through college, I was piercing my friend's ears. Oh, in, okay. in very unprofessional ways, <laughs> just whatever we could <laughs> do to make it happen. And, and again, like it was, it was fine. It was working. Everything was fine. But now it's like, I have this knowledge that I put in the time and effort and I'm doing it the right way in a professional way. And it's so much different, right? Like it's so yeah. much different, but I don't even know. I don't remember what your question was. I don't remember what. Well, just, uh, well, that's one of those where, uh, no, it's good. Cause I feel like it's one of those things where you could have, yeah, butted yourself to death there and even got the dopamine bump of, I want to learn that tool, but then, but yeah, but that's scary. Or yeah. But what if nobody, what if no clients come or yeah, but yeah. Yeah. Which I think in a way it, I mean, it almost does just circle back to our first episode and the be afraid and do it Mm -hmm. anyway type of thing. I think there's a factor of that that comes into talking about, this 
topic where I think, especially with the piercing one, it just had to be, it had to be a like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And kind of just committing to it before really even thinking about <laughs> how scary it might be. And just knowing, okay, this is something I want to do. And knowing that this was, it was a good thing, right? Like it was a, it was a career opportunity. It was another skill to have. It was a good thing. And so I kind of did just have to go, okay, we're not going to focus. We're not even going to give any energy to the fear of failure or the what ifs or the, I don't know if that's Mm going to work. I don't know if that's going to be good. And it was just being afraid and doing it anyways. And then figuring out like, okay, I can do this. And as I practice and as I do it more, I'm going to get better and I'm going to like it more. And it's not as intimidating as I maybe thought it would be. But yeah, so I feel like that's a big factor where you, there is potentially a be afraid, but do it. And then it goes back to what we're talking about where then, but then it's about the maintenance there. Right. Or it's about the, okay, you did the the initial scary part, but we got to keep it going. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's when I said a while ago that I forgot what the second thing was I was going to talk about. I'm glad you brought that back up because I I did want to just give a quick nod to sometimes we get rid of our discomfort by saying, okay, you know what? I am going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to sign up for the class or I am going to start working on myself or I'm going to try to change my marriage or, and I'm going to do it. And then that makes us feel better. Cause like we talked about, we don't like discomfort, but then oftentimes getting rid of the discomfort by saying, I will do it is, is all we need for that evening. And then we wake up the next day and all of a sudden, well, you know, I actually feel pretty good. So I don't think I really need to go get right. help. And then we go t- right back to the doing the same yeah, things over same and over thing. and over again. Totally. Yeah. And maybe yeah. being okay, but not being good or great or, or, or not and not changing, knowing what we don't yeah. know. Yeah. About yeah. how much better something could be. Or I do like right. the concept of a rule out. So if somebody is saying, if only I could be an artist, you know, sometimes they come into my office and I say, well, tell me what would stop you. Well, and you get through the yeah, buts. And then all of a sudden the person's like, yeah. I don't know, you know, I just, uh, and then they, they maybe come to the point where they say, okay, actually, maybe I guess I never really wanted to be an artist. It's much more fun to say, if only I could have been, you know, because, uh, right. but, but, and it's like, let's actually yeah. break that down. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. either, yeah, either it is a thing where it's like, okay, actually that's not what I want. And then you're maybe looking into things you do actually want. Or I think in some cases, it is maybe the thing you want. Like I think of with starting my business, going out on my own and doing hair, that was so scary. And I had so many, yeah, buts. And I still kind of do, right? Like there's still a factor of, and there's still the, I said it before, the, the fear of failure. That still is there. But in just getting the process started and then kind of embracing the uncomfy and the change of it, it's continued to be this really great thing. Yeah. Even in the moments that it's scary or not what I expected it to be. Right. Yeah. But I've continued the process and it just keeps getting better. So it's like, there is that side of it too. I yeah. think. Yeah. It's funny. I maybe this is the dad in me or the therapist or both, but where it's like interesting Mackie. So mm-hmm. it sounds like when you've decided you wanted to do something like cosmetology school and doing piercings and starting your own business and starting a podcast and all these things, it seems like it works out okay. Maybe. <laughs> you <laughs> so, might be on to something. <laughs> I think so. But I even mentioned that because sometimes when people will come in and, into my office and say, I just feel like I'm not accomplishing many things or, you know, sometimes that is the story my brain's trying to convince me of. 
so that then yeah. I can then be pretty down. And then I guess I, I'm not, it's probably not worth it for me to try to do anything. And that's just right. uh, one of those stories my brain's trying to hook me to the old, I haven't accomplished anything story. No, a hundred percent. And I think for the most part, if you are passionate about something and you try it and you try to make the change, or, right. Even if we're just talking about changing some little thing in your life, if you put in the effort and you give it a chance, I think more often than not, it will work out. <laughs> Yeah, like it so will in one way or another, it will work out whether that's exactly how you thought it might or some form of you making it work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like when we do then open a new door mm-hmm. and like make a change or take an opportunity or embrace an opportunity. Again, I think most of the time it is positive, but I think there is to just be super real about it. Sometimes it doesn't work out. For sure. Exactly how we maybe planned it, right? Which again is kind of going back to the trying different keys and things not going exactly the way we think they are. But I think that even in trying things and even in taking a chance, like that in itself is such a positive thing. And I think that the, I don't know. Do you get what I'm trying to say? <laughs> like, oh, oh, Mackie, taking, I'm like trying not to. Ch- yeah. yeah. Okay. No, please. Do. So, so this is where I feel like, uh, you know, I, I worked for a software company for a mm-hmm. long time, uh, almost 10 years. Then I venture out and try to start my own computer hardware company and thinking, yeah. yes, I guess this is cool. And then I think we'd talked before it's a nut and bolt company. And mm-hmm. meanwhile, it's like, I mean, th- I mean, I could do therapy, but that's kind of dumb. Right. And then all of a sudden I'm doing that. And then, man, uh, I'm so glad that I started trying that and it did work out. But what, what was interesting are a couple of those the nut and bolt company, the hard disk duplicator company, those things. Yeah. Uh, it was crazy because I'm so grateful now that those didn't work. And I even keep a letter from a, I made it to the third round of job interviews with Apple. I mean, sure, I would have had Apple stock and been a millionaire by now, but who wants that, right? <laughs> yeah. Who even but, I mean, wants that? No, because at some point then they said, hey, sorry, you know, we're, we're, we appreciate you interviewing. It was for some marketing position and, and we're going to go elsewhere or a different direction. And I look at those things and I just think, man, I'm so grateful that I even tried the therapy thing, even though I always thought this would be a part-time gig. Because you just, you just don't know. You don't know what's going to then be the big thing that you want to, you know, keep doing forever. And you don't know which ones maybe aren't going to work out exactly how you wanted, but that's okay. If the first thing you try in this process or journey of trying to change something or make an improvement or whatever, if the first thing doesn't work out perfectly, it's not the end of the world. And it doesn't mean you have to just stop right there. Yeah. Right. I think that's the whole thing. And that is your, where maybe the first business or two wasn't exactly what you thought it would be, wasn't the dream you had. And that's okay. But you didn't stop. You kept going, right? With the chance you took and you found your thing. Yeah. So I think that's just something to note where, again, all comes back to it's a process and it takes time. But I think it's so worth it. And I think that embracing change is huge and powerful as scary as it is I think it just makes the biggest difference in life to just not shove it down constantly (laughs) and be afraid of it and try to avoid it every chance you can I'm asking chat GPT to create a limerick about two podcast hosts a father and daughter who need an ending for their (laughs) podcast okay ready Mackie, here's what I think in order to close this out. There once was a father and daughter whose podcast would often just slaughter. 
To end our grand theme, let's not just dream, but change our steps in life's water. That was beautiful. Thank you. That was really incredible. Do you want me to come yeah, up with another so, one? I mean, that was, can you think you can top that? Yeah, let me just see. Let me think of another <laughs> second. There once were two hosts quite grand, father and daughter, hand in hand. Their podcasted plea, change and you'll see, end routines and new paths you'll command. That was that was deep. Yeah, Thank I think you. you know, going off of that really, really wise limerick there that you just Thank you. off the top of your head. Oh yeah, make sure you edit out the part where I was typing it in the chat. GPT. Yeah, yeah. I think if there is something in your life that is not going the way you want it to or need it to, take the chance and do something differently. And it will probably be a little bit scary, and it will be a process. But I think that it's so worth it because doing the same thing over and over again will not magically get you to your goals and dreams. No. To say it frankly. Yeah. So get the, get the key ring. Do it. Go through, start trying some keys, open the doors, do all the things, right? Yep. But yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find me at beauty by Mackie on Instagram and you are at <sighs> Tony Overbay underscore LMFT. That's the one. Okay. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Mackie. Bye. Bye.